Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Father, praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus, for this new day. Thank you for getting us through this week thus far. Thank you, Lord, for another day of opportunity to serve you. We ask you, Lord, Heavenly Father, for your special help today. to receive your word and to apply it into our lives more than what we have been. That your people would become a bright, shining light in this dark world. That your people would get a strong passion for you and for doing your work in this very short and urgent, important time. 
that your people, your church, by the end of this sermon and by the end of this day, would be energized and empowered by this sermon today, that it would truly change their lives and their passion. In the name of Jesus, we ask, so be it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hello, everyone. I really ask you, every one of you right now, in Jesus' name, I ask in Jesus' name, please go get on paper and pen or pencil and take notes because today the sermon will be much different than normal because both my wife and myself, we have the flu or a cold. My throat would not be able to handle a full three-hour sermon like we usually have. And my wife also being fatigued from having the flu much longer than I. I just now got it last night, but she's had it for almost a week or a week. So make it easier on her because of having to do the entire sermon in sign language. And her weakness, her sickness, and with the condition of the, my throat. I am going to just give you the scriptures for you to read. I am not going to read all of these scriptures. My throat would just not be able to handle it, neither would Brittany be able to handle it today in our sickness. God understands, and I pray that you too will understand. So I will give you the scriptures for you to write down. And then you can read them at home today, today, on the seventh day. Read them. I will also give a brief, a short explanation of each verse. And after I give you the list of all the verses, I will then expound upon, I will preach, I will explain why I have given you these scriptures. So I will do a sermon, but it will be much shorter because of not reading all of the scriptures out loud with you. But I trust that you will read them at home. So as I give you these scriptures, do not. I'm not going to open up the Bible. We don't have time for that. My throat can't handle it. My wife can't handle it. I can't handle it right now. So you don't need to turn in the Bible as I give you these scriptures right now. Just write them down. Okay? And the first scripture that you need to write down is Joshua 18, verse 3. 
Joshua 18, verse 3. And beside that, I want you to write this point of why I'm giving you that scripture. Joshua 18, verse 3. They were slacking, slack, S-L-A-C-K-I-N-G, slacking to enter and take the land of Canaan. The next verse is Nehemiah 6, the entire chapter. The entire chapter of Nehemiah chapter 6. And the point there to write down is that they tried to get Nehemiah stop building the church. They tried to get him to stop building the temple, but it is the temple that was the church building of that time. And I understand, as you do also, that the church is the people, not the building. I understand that. Nevertheless, it is also true that a church building is necessary for shelter, for the congregation, for worship services, shelter from the wind and the rain. The temple was the church building at the time. The people tried to get Nehemiah to stop building the church building of the time, which was the temple. But he would not stop, and he would not be distracted. Psalm 77, verse 2. Psalm 77, verse 2. Seek God all night and do not seek comfort. And I understand that we cannot every night, every day, every week, seek God every moment of the night or every moment of the day. Nevertheless, it is still true that the spiritual point, spiritual principle of why I give this verse is that we should seek God very much, very often, and put him first. Seek God all night. Do not seek comfort. In the spirit of the law, is to put God first and to think upon him for a large portion of the day, to put him first before comfort and before luxury and before our own will. 
and before everything else. Sometimes even before sleep, ahead of sleep, over and above sleep. Sometimes. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. Everything that you do, do it with all of your might. Do it with all of your strength, your power, your energy. While we are alive, because we know that death is coming. Jeremiah 31. In the Alpha and Omega Bible, is chapter 31, Jeremiah 31. In other translations, Bibles, it is chapter 48. Verse 10 through 15. Jeremiah 31, verse 10 through 15. And as I said, in other other Bibles, it is chapter 48. We fail to do the work of God or to do it without passion, do it without all of your strength. Results and consequences, bad results. John, chapter 9, John 9, verse 4. Work while it is still yet day. John 9, verse 4, work while it is day, while it is still day because there is a night coming and no man can work. And that is the first few months and the first couple of years of the Great Tribulation that will be a time of darkness, war, destruction, death, fighting, fear, and too late, too late to do the work. The word now, before the tribulation. Amen. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. And verse 9 to 13. And it's Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and verses 9 through 13. Not lagging behind. Having diligence, having passion for the work. Do not be slacking, do not be weak in the work. Put the work first. Understand and remember the urgency 
of the work in this time. 2 Thessalonians 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, entire chapter. Do not be lacking or slacking in performance of duty. Do not be lacking or slacking in the performance of duty. Hebrews 10, verse 25. Hebrews 10, verse 25. Forsake not the gathering of ourselves together. Forsake not the gathering of ourselves together. And this verse says that this is even more true as the end is near. That we should not forsake gathering ourselves together. That would include any gathering, all gatherings of the fellowship, the congregation, including the chat room, social media, or any other type of gathering the social media websites were a type of gathering. So is the chat room. Revelation 3, verse 14 through 22. Revelation 3, verse 14 through 22. This is one verse that I will open up the Bible I do not want to preach the entire sermon without opening the Bible at all. So this final verse, before I expound, explain much deeper upon all of this, I will read these verses in Revelation 3, and I do encourage you, ask you, to read this with me in Revelation 3. In verse 14, Revelation 3, starting in verse 14. This is the letter to the church of Laodicea. Now, the church or congregation of Laodicea was a town 2,000 years ago. It was a town. It was a local congregation. But we must also understand that all seven churches in chapter 2 and chapter 3, every one of these seven churches also represents a time period, an era of the church from the time of Christ until the end of this generation. 
So this final church, this church number seven, this congregation number seven of Laodicea, in the context of time periods, represents our time. The church in the days just before the Great Tribulation. This is talking to us, not just to a congregation in a agent town 2,000 years ago, but to us today, this final letter of the seven churches, the final church, more than any of the other seven churches. This is to us. Verse 14, to the pastor of the congregation of called out ones in Laodicea, write this. The amen, the faithful and true witness, chief of the creation of the theos, says this. Now, even though it says right to the pastor, it is a letter to the church, to the congregation, and to all of the church of the time area and to the entire congregation of that time and of this time. They speak into the entire church. The pastor would have read this letter to the church. Verse 15, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I say to this congregation that is listening right now and will be listening that every one of you, without exception, you are neither cold nor hot. You may think that you are hot, but you are not. The scripture says, I desire that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich. Spiritual, and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, spiritually talking. Say in your heart that you have found the truth, that you know the truth of the seventh day, of the holy days, Christmas, Easter, many other truths. that this is sufficient. You believe that this is sufficient, that this is good enough, and that you did join in the chat room 
and you have been listening to the sermons, and you believe that's good enough, that you have done your part, that you have been active, that you have been hot, this is what almost every one of you believes. And it says, you do not know that you are welched and miserable and poor and blind and spiritually naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich spiritually and white garments spiritually, holy, so that you may clothe yourself, spiritually speaking, and the shame of your spiritual nakedness will not be revealed or manifested. And I have, by of me, passage of me, I have, to anoint your spiritual eyes that you may see. To whom I love, I convict and discipline. Therefore, be zealous, be passionate, be hot, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. His coming is soon, and the great tribulation even more soon. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, meaning repent and become hot, passionate, and zealous, I will come in to him and will dine, eat, suffer, communion with him, and he with me. Amen. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. His power. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the congregations of called out ones. Now let me explain more about why I have shared all of these verses and why I canceled the chat room and why I deleted or shut down all of the social media, all of the new social media that is, the, the new ones I had made. There's a lot of reasons. It's not just one. Let me go through these with you a little bit.
there is a strong possibility that we could see the strong delusion as soon as two months from now. On March 20th, March 21st, 22nd, in that time period, it is a very strong possibility. We could see the strong delusion, also called the abomination of desolation, which will be Assad in the sky. Now, I'm not saying this is 100% for sure that it will be this year in just two months from now. However, it is a very strong possibility. And it is explained in detail on the website that I saw the light ministries.com slash dates.html. Very simple, easy address to remember. And this is the article that talks about the five holy days, including Passover which is only three months from now, and Purim, which is only two months from now, and three other holy days. All five of these holy days are the perfect number of days between each and every one of them. To fully agree with Scripture about how many days there are going to be each of the end time events. This is mind-blowing. It's incredible. It is great. And it is extremely important and urgent. I have no doubt that the timeline is correct about the five holy days, that the end time events will occur on the dates of the five holy days. I have no doubt about that at all. The only question is, is it the perm of this year or the perm of next year or the year after that or the year after that? What year is the only question? Most people in this congregation are assuming it will not be this year. Or at least acting like it won't be this year. And I believe that that is not wise. And I believe it is dangerous spiritually and physically to act as if it will not be this year. Even if it even if it turns out that it's not this year, I believe that the possibility is so strong that we should take it serious as if we knew for sure that it would be this year. What if it is this year and we really do have only two months away before the strong delusion? 
what if this is true, that time is that short, and yet you are still putting people and school and other things first before the work of God? That's scary. That is frightening. That is dangerous. And it is not wise. One person said to me that they would not be able to come into the chat room every week because they are going to sit with their children to make sure they do their homework. I rebuked this person I did for putting their children and their homework first before God, before the chat. Of course, the person's response was not repentant, not professing, but rather, I always put Jesus first, which is a lie. When you just told me that you was going to put your children first and your children's homework first and the commandments of the teachers first. You either put your children first and their schoolwork first or Jesus first, one or the other. They both cannot be true. So you contradict yourself. The chat room is was the work of God. It was the gathering of the congregation for fellowship, for prayer, for instruction, for learning, and for preparation of the end time. The chat room was extremely important, and it was the work of Jesus. And when you say that you might not be in the room every week because you're going to put do other things, and that is not putting Jesus first. It is not. That person is not the only person guilty. That person is not the only guilty person. Another person also occasionally puts appointments first, willing to come into the chat room late or leave it early because of putting other things, other people, other plans, plans for the future when there is no future. First, before the chat. Too many people are planning 
to do things that they're not able to do or should not do or planning things that are taking higher priority over and above the work of the kingdom. Some people do not like social media for one reason or another. Some people are paranoid, scared to death that the Muslims or some stranger would come and rape them or break into their house or kill them or something. Evidently, some type of paranoia about being on social media. But the truth is, social media is not dangerous if you do not use your full name. And it is not wise to use your full name. It is not wise to use your full name. I admit that if you use your full name, yes, it can be dangerous. I don't know why anybody would ever use their full name on the Internet. I I do not know why a person would do that. I never have, never will. It's not wise. It's not safe. For many reasons. But if you do not use your full real name and you do not put your phone number or your address where people can see it on the Internet, then you are safe. If you're using a name that is not real and you're not sharing your phone number and address on the front of your profile, then how are people going to find you? So people need to stop being too much afraid. People say they don't have time for social media. I'm not asking anyone to stay on the social media 24 hours a day. Nor am I asking for six hours a day or three hours a day. The social media website was very easy to use, very easy to learn. I'm talking about the last one that I made on the website of me, we. It was easy to learn and easy to use, extremely easy. It would take only 10 minutes or less each day to sign in look at my page, see what I had posted, written, and click on every one of them to put a thumbs up or a heart or a smiley face or a frown face or to say amen 
or to say something, something on each and every post comment on the page. It would not take a lot of time. Very simple, very easy. Click. One click only takes not even a full second. One click, you scroll down the page a little bit, you see the headline, put a thumbs up, you go to the next post, you put a thumbs up, and not only thumbs up and hearts, but also to click the word share. And share the page, share the news, share the comments, share the gospel, spread the gospel. Share it on your page. And to do this with every one of everything that I have put on the page for the last 24 hours and do that every day, 10 minutes is all it would take. That there are not just one of you, but several of you that act like this takes five hours. That's the way you're acting. It does not take five hours or three hours or even one hour to do what I was asking for. Ten minutes is all it would take. But no, people didn't have time for 10 minutes for Jesus to share the gospel, to try to reach the world, and to get these urgent messages out to more people. Ain't got time for it. You got time for everything else, but you ain't got time to do what your pastor asks you to do which would have helped to get these urgent messages out to more people in this very short time that we have. And even if we do have another year or two years, that would still be a very short time. And we should still, even if we did have two years left, we should still be working with passion, with all of our strength, with all of our ability to get these messages to the people, to more people, even if it means doing something that we don't like to do, like joining social media. The fact is, I don't like spending much time on the Internet either. I would much rather be outdoors, hiking, camping, exercising, walking, playing, something else. I would much rather be doing something else rather than sitting at the computer on social media. 
But I realized the need to reach the world, not just the people that already know about the ministry, but other people out there that don't know the truth yet, that need to be warned and educated and instructed. We must start thinking about the need of the people. Sharing the truth with more people on social media, even if it makes us uncomfortable or afraid, even if it does bring danger to us, or even if it does waste our time, we need to be doing everything get the word out there to the people. If that wastes 10 minutes of your time, then so be it. Some people may claim that they are too tired, too exhausted. I know about exhaustion. I work on the ministry from the time I get up until the time I go to bed many days. And by the time I lay down at night, I am so very exhausted beyond words. Sometimes I feel like a truck has hit. Sometimes I feel like a truck hit me and then backed up to run over me a second time and a third time just to make sure I am dead. But yet, I'm still clinging to life, barely. Sometimes I feel like I'm on the edge of a heart attack or a stroke from how exhausted that I am. And yet, even then, I will lay in my bed and answer your questions and your emails and your text messages, even though you do not respond, even though almost every one of you ignore my messages. Last week, one person was moved to text me immediately after the sermon or during the sermon or after the sermon. What can I do to help? I replied back in text message what they could do to help. But now seven days has passed. No response. No text message. No phone call. No email. Why in the hell did they ask me? Why in the hell did they ask me what they could do to help if they're not going to follow through? My cousin, no. Hell is in the Bible, H-E-L-L.
Don't ask if you are not going to be serious about doing the work of God. Don't offer help that you are not going to give. You have ignored me. Now I will ignore you. For that person that I'm talking about now, your email is now blocked. Your text messages are now blocked. Your phone number is now blocked. You have ignored me repeatedly over and over and over ever since the first time you ever uh, found this ministry. And now I will ignore you. Many more of you are on the block. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 6, which is the second verse that you wrote down, the entire chapter, they tried to get Nehemiah to stop building the church building. Nehemiah refused to stop. I am not going to stop building this ministry. But I will not continue to talk to myself. I will not continue to talk to a blank wall. And I will not continue to deal with people that refuse to reply back, but rather they choose to ignore me. I'm not going to waste my time. I will continue to build, but I will not waste my time. Amen. I have much work to do. Much, much work to do. And if you do not want to put Jesus first in the chat, then you will not have the chat. It is gone, and I will not restart it. If you do not want to put Jesus first in the social media, then it is gone. There are consequences. There are results. Or putting other things first before God. There are results. There are consequences. Even God has the same attitude. In the book of Exodus, the people could have entered the land of Canaan in as short as two months, little time as two months. That was the commandment of God. That was God's will for them to take the land in only two months after leaving Egypt. But they were too afraid. 
They would not obey God. But instead, they put first what they wanted to do rather than God's plan. So God said, okay, even though it is my command and my will for you to take this land, now you're not going to have it at all for 40 years. He wanted the people to take it immediately. The people did not have passion for God and for his work. So God took it away for 40 years. Yes, God does respond this way. People talk about the mercy of God, the love of God. And the patience of God. But even God gets angry, and even God punishes and corrects and rebukes and removes. Amen. Some people have responded over the years. Must I command, I mean, must I obey every command of Pastor Tim? If you say jump, could I say how high? Do I really have to obey every command of Pastor Tim? That is the response of two different people over the years. And I'm sure that is what is in some of you, your minds now. I ask you, if you lived in the time of Noah, and especially in the last few months before the flood, would you obey every command of Noah? Noah, according to the Bible, went into the prisons. He tried to witness to more people, warn more people, even the people in prison. Noah went outside of his comfort zone. Noah did dangerous things. To witness to more people. He witnessed to the lost, not just to the saved. He was trying to warn people of intimate physical danger and a timeline that God had. Would you obey every command of Noah? Any of you think that you would, but I doubt it. Action is stronger than words. You can say over and over that you would follow Noah, that you would recognize that Noah 
was God's apostle and God's prophet of the time, and that you would follow his ever instruction, his advice, his instructions, and everything that he would try to get the church to do in the short time that was left in the final months. But action speaks louder than words. I really believe that almost every one of you would not have the passion to follow every instruction of Noah to warn the world. This is what I see with my eyes. Or what if we was in the times of the Apostle Paul or Moses or Elijah? You might say, you might think sincerely that you would follow the instructions of the man of God, but your actions go otherwise. Out of every person who received the email, that the social media was canceled because of the lack of activity. Out of every person that received that email, only one person, only Brother Nicholas, responded with a confession of his fault that he could have done more and should have done more. And Nicholas It's not even baptized. But yet he was the only one man enough or holy enough to confess their fault. That he could have done more. Could have done more. If we really only have two months before the strong delusion, or even if we have two years left, your children will not be able to go to college. Your children will not have a successful career. Time is short, whether it's two months or two years. So it doesn't matter if your children pass school this year. It really does not. It really does not matter if they graduate from high school. It really does not matter. It really does not matter because the school will no longer exist in two months or two years. Government of the United States will no longer exist in three months or two years. 
the work of the kingdom, the work of the fellowship, the work of the congregation must come first. Before husband, before wife, before children, before school, before other things, your other plans for the future. The only future we have is the great tribulation and the coming of the kingdom of God. People must be warned now while it is still day. Some people who have the money to send tithes have not sent tithes, finding every excuse that they can find because they do not want to go out that outside their comfort zone. I have had to ask for tithes from some people, but I should never have to ask people to obey God. Given your tithes is written in the Bible, it's not a suggestion but a commandment of God. It is not Pastor Tim telling you to jump but it is God telling you to support financially his kingdom, which is in this ministry. I should not have to ask anyone for tithes. I should not have to ask anyone to listen to services. I should not have to ask anyone to be more passionate because every one of you already knew that we might have two months. People need to get their priorities in order. People need to think very seriously about how urgent the time is. Even if we have two years, that is such a small amount of time to get ready warn people very small amount of time and we must become hot passionate zealous about reaching more people as many people as possible and put more time and more effort into it it is very important to do so. Of course, I am not quitting this ministry. And I cannot believe that anyone would think for a second that I am going to quit this ministry. When I said in the email that I quit, and when I signed my name as ex-pastor, 
You you must realize that when people are angry or upset, they will say things that they don't really mean. I know that every one of you should know by now my passion for the work. The devil has come against me in more ways than you can imagine. Much more than you can believe or understand or comprehend. But I have never given up on the ministry, on Jesus. I will never quit. I will never quit preaching. I will never quit broadcasting services until I have to flee for my safety. And even then, after then, I will continue to preach to those that Jesus brings with me after I flee. But I will not allow people to be with me during the Great Tribulation who refuse to work with all of their might, all of their strength. During the Great Tribulation, every person will have to pull their own weight. During the Great Tribulation, it will be a time of great struggle and a need to survive. And every person will have to do as much work as possible. And I will not allow lazy people to be with me during the Great Tribulation. I will not attempt will not attempt to restart social media nor the chat because it must be a continual ongoing reminder that there, that there are consequences for putting other things before the work. There must be consequences for being lukewarm. There must be consequences severe for slacking and not having passion in a time of importance. Many people's lives depend on what you do. And because you did not do everything that you could have and should have done, now more people will die in the Great Tribulation. And it is your fault, and I am talking to you, every one of you. More people in the Great Tribulation will die and not be rescued 
from the war. More people will not hear the warnings. They will not receive the knowledge of the truth in time for salvation of their souls nor of their flesh. And that is not just because I am angry. It is not just because I don't have patience, but rather it is because you did not do what you should have done. And if you do not agree with this, then you do not agree with Jesus. I have searched myself. And I have asked God to correct me if I am wrong. And over the years when I have asked God to correct me if I was wrong, he did correct me in those times. But when this week I have asked God to correct me if I was wrong, he did not correct me. But rather, he gave me the words to speak to you and confirmed it in Scripture that even he removes blessings and rewards and works and gifts and abilities when the people do not use them. If God gives you something to work with, and you do not use it, God will take it away. I pray that the result of this chastisement and the result and consequences of your actions will now empower and provoke you to gain a passion that you did not have before and you did not have it. You can sing, you can dance, and you can shout and still not have passion because singing and dancing and shouting is just expression of emotion. But you can have much emotion and much worship and much talking, singing, and dancing, and still not be doing anything for the Lord in the work. You can sing and dance all day long, but there is a work that must be done. You can praise God and and sing and dance and worship all day long, but there is a work that must be done. What about work? not enough just to believe and it's not enough just to worship action speaks louder than words action speaks louder than a song I do not understand 
white people act like replying to an email takes five hours. It only takes five seconds. Reply to an email and say, amen, or I got this, or thank you, or I hate you, or I disagree, or something. Five seconds is all it takes. But yet, almost every person listening to this sermon acts like replying to an email takes five hours, takes too much time, too tired, too exhausted, got other more important things to do. There is a day coming when Jesus will remove the school, the work, the job, the buildings, and anything and everything that you put first will be removed. There will be nothing left but what is on the inside of you. That is all. And that will be a great day of deliverance from the bondage to the pursuit of money. and fear, paranoia, and laziness. It will be the end to those things. I pray that the sermon today will change your life and your outlook. Truly, and not just in word, not just in thought, not just in imagination, but in action. How many weeks, how many months, how many years have I preached over and over and over and over that the church needs to gain a passion, a zeal for the work? become the body of Christ and actually do something more than just praying. To put action to your feet, to your hands. I feel like I'm talking to a wall. I'm being honest with you. There's nothing wrong with me being honest with you. You can say over and over that I have no patience. But the truth is, I have the patience of the saint, and I have been overly patient. There must come a time for rebuke, chastisement. It is the Spirit of God that is behind my words, not my carnal emotions. Spirit of God. And it is with the power of God that I speak and with the authority of God that I invoke 
that is invoked upon you. Thank you for listening today. I would ask for your prayers for my wife's sickness and my sickness. But honestly, I cannot believe fully with all of my heart that the people will pray if I did ask. And if you did pray, it would be one prayer, maybe two, maybe 30 seconds. I have no faith that this congregation would pray with passion and zeal. I have no faith that this congregation would pray long and extended prayers throughout the night. I will not ask, but only inform. Even Jesus questioned, will the Son of Mankind find faith on the earth when he returns? Even Jesus doubted the church. Even Jesus doubted his own bride, his own congregation. Even he questioned your faith. He said that. Even the book of Revelation, talking about the end time era of the church, talking about you, the Bible said that you are lukewarm. It's written in the Bible. These are not the words of Pastor Tim, but it is the words of Jesus Christ. It is written in Scripture, so be it. Amen. But Jesus did say that he wants you to repent and become hot because he is at the door. He is not. And he is still willing for you to come in fully 100% into the body of Christ, into the work, and into the kingdom. But you cannot enter the kingdom and think that you can just sit down and not work. There is a work to be done. The day is almost over. I hope that you will enjoy the rest of your day. I'll let you go so that you can read the scriptures. Think upon these things and pray upon these things. May the will of God be done. All of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.